<clears throat> this is Felt Recoil number one, one, two, and go. Welcome, my friends, and Micah. (laughs) (laughs) This show's going to be like that. (laughs) To the Fell Recall Podcast. Good to have you guys here. Micah, straight across from me. How are you, sir? Great. Micah's got big news coming. I won't say anything. Just let us know when you're ready to talk about it, okay? Yes, sir. Uh, But I'm excited for you, buddy. Seriously, I mean that. Uh, To my right, PMAC, Hulan, how are you, sir? Good. I don't have any big news or anything though, so sorry I got to disappoint. A, I got can I can I divert for a quick second and you always do hearken back to what we talked about earlier today. Cause I know your mom listens because I get nasty grams on Facebook of things I say about you. So I realized All deserving, by the way. I realized today and I'm gonna leave it you know what I'm gonna do? I'm not know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what I love to do. I'm gonna start a fire and walk away. Patrick was telling me earlier today that one, he remembers, he has a strong memory. Was it your grandmother worked in the jail? Yeah. So his grandmother had been in prison for like six <laughs> years and they went to see her. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. No, all right. So your grandmother worked, uh, she's an administrator for the local jail. Something like that. That's right, right? I yeah, know. I don't know exactly what she did. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were like making fun that I was making things up, but I just want to be you very You were clear. making stuff up. You you took my story quick and second. took it on a yeah. huge tangent. But, I think we should clarify she was not an actual inmate. No, she worked she there was not. as okay. an administrator. Right. And Patrick's telling me earlier today that he remembers being young, and his dad went to the jail to see Grandma, and, and the kids were with him, and... The dad says, I want to go see it. And so grandma says, well, come up and see it. And he picked Patrick up <laughs> and he took Patrick up there to see the jail. And Patrick's like, it was just, you know, it's like almost a scared straight thing at that age. And, and I got a little more specific, but I will recount it this way. I said, does he know he grabbed the wrong kid? <laughs> and so now it's for you guys. It's the Hulon family turn now at Thanksgiving to figure out which one I meant. <laughs> Should be fine. I'm just kidding. We all know that, it wasn't Joey. That was super accurate. <laughs> Everything about that. Wow. Oh, uh, man, that was a funny story. Uh, we were talking about how do you deter your kids at a young age. It's a scary time. It really is. And I've got three of my own, and you look around, and you think of Chris, the, the madness. This is a podcast. People listen to this. You cannot admit to beating them. Not no, in this day and sorry, age. Sorry. Sorry. It's actually kind of half the point, right? Like, you literally can't. You can't do anything. Um and, but you just worried they're going to be fed all this propaganda. We were playing PlayStation the other day, and they had propaganda stuff on there that my son starts asking about. And then I'm in this awkward position where I'm like, man, I just want to play Fortnite with you. I don't want to talk left-leaning propaganda right now. Like, why is this even a thing? Yes, son, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> they always have in this house. They're always like... You know, like I was having a joke the other day about I want to go to a protest. I want someone to film me at a Black Lives Matter protest, walking around looking at the signs and very Lloyd Christmas ish, going, "They do," <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> "No way, we landed on the moon," that kind of thing. I want to go do that. All right, welcome to the Felt Recall Podcast, uh, where we I'm do film you getting beat up. <laughs> we do. That's racist. See, that's you think. 
you think they would. And I'm saying, you're right, but they'd be white people. No, you just have a... <laughs> nah, it's nothing to do with that. You just have a very punchable face. Right to the back of the head. Fair enough. We're all right. This is a rare occurrence where everyone sitting at the desk right now is correct. All right. Welcome to the Felry Cool Podcast. We believe all men are created equal. All ideas are not. Uh, so we will mock and belittle the second half of that statement. All we care to do. Ideas deserve criticism. Uh, much like our poor friend who shall remain nameless, working in the medical field and posts what our B-Block story is this week, the CDC announces, it turns out, only 6% of all COVID-19 deaths were were because the patient had COVID-19 and COVID-19 only. Only 6% of nationwide deaths is COVID-19 the only cause mentioned. For 94%, there's about 2.6 additional conditions per case. So you have to have essentially three things already wrong with you, then you get COVID, and then you die. And our friend posted this, and everyone in the industry hops in and goes, what is wrong with you? Why would you say such a thing? Well, because science should be open to scrutiny. Science shouldn't shut itself off. The truth is the same way. Ideas are the same way. If you think you have a solid idea, you say it, and then you stand ready to defend it. Which Do you think the CDC has like a room with a giant Venn diagram on the wall? What, what, what else? Yeah, maybe. What does it say? <laughs> all the reasons you would die from COVID. And then all those circles intersect one another. 180 different circles. Yeah, I just wonder. It'd have to be a big room. That's all I'm saying. Sure. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows how they're coming up with it, you know? Um, it, it would be interesting to find out if they know two things can be true at the same time. You know? like It, it seems to be... That that is a taboo state of mind. Well, the American media hasn't figured that out yet. So, yeah, I'm going to go off on a limb and say CDC hasn't either. Um, let me ask you this. As we talk, CDC, how far off do you guys think we are from Apple, Google, and the major players fact-checking texts? Don't you think that's the next progression? That when I begin texting you about COVID-19, that you'll receive my text message, but you'll also receive a warning from the major player saying, hey, what your friend is sending you, just so you know. It's terrifying to think about. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, China already has that system in place. It's like a a social tracker. uh, uh, Yeah. Well, it's like uh, a score. It's a scoring system. Yeah, like you would have for your credit mm-hmm. here, right? So yeah. they're using that, but for your your entire life, yeah, um, and tracking that via your phone and the things that you search for and the places you go and what how much time you spend in certain places and all those yeah. different things factor in. Yeah. So there was articles a few months ago in the throes of uh, the lockdowns that were basically saying that the major tech companies are already doing that and keeping files on everyone. And this wasn't. This isn't like a. You know, I can get this from Alex Jones. This wasn't an Infowars type article. This was like major media publications. I think I picked it up on Drudge. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're not admitting to it, but they are doing it. You're talking on the social score. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 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 Definitely doing it. So yeah, I mean, I not, think they're already reading your text. I think they're already. It's not a fringe element. I, and they're I know they're reading track them. of your Google searches and all that, and they're they're. But the, but their their ultimate goal is to squash the spread of information, right? True. 
So to me, yep. that means that our text messages are next. It will happen. Mark my words. That's some serious irony, though, that they want to stop the flow of information. Right. But but I that's mean, who they, they are. They, they exist because of that, right? Yeah, and they already do it in China. Like, that's one reason to not really want to do business with Google uh, is because in China, Google agrees to not show search results for certain things so that the Chinese people are not free. And which is what I love about Trump's take on TikTok and WeChat is, hey, if, you, if you're not going to allow your people free information, we're not going to do business with you. So I like that. Anyway, all right. Um, I just thought about that the other day, and I thought that's terrifying. Let's get into it. We're going to start with our charity of choice, which is fightback.law, fightback.law. Law. Hey, Chris, what is fightback.law? Thanks for asking. Uh, this is the group of lawyers led by L. Lynn Wood, who recently helped Nick Sandman, or Sandman, <laughs> uh, win his case against CNN, which, by the way, ultimate troll move, Sandman, last week on CNN, blasting CNN. During the RNC. While CNN is having to pay him Yeah, of buddy. Dollars. Exactly. The settlement in a $250 million defamation suit. By the way, Sarah Palin's coming next. Don't know if you saw that. Hers got preceded. So, I wish they would talk some smack about me. <laughs> it'd be the best God day of my life <laughs> for every reason possible. Um, yeah, so all you have all these people, Carter Page, Simon Gold. They've all been attacked by the media, lies, smears, and fake news. Fightback.law will stand up for these people. And they are now standing up for Kyle Rittenhouse, 100% pro bono. They're not taking any money. And in fact, L. Lynn Wood, one of the lead lawyers on the case, has hired his own team of security to protect himself and his family so that he can take Kyle's case. So fightback.law has a place set up now where you can go in and specify to them, I'd like to make a donation for the Kyle Rittenhouse Defense Fund. Donations start at 20 bucks and go up from there. You can choose if you want to help support Kyle Rittenhouse or not. If you do want to support him, go to fightback.law. Let them know we're thinking about him. I would encourage you, by the way, to read the statement Lynn Wood put out. It's on our Facebook page. Go to feltrecoilshow.com. You can click over and read it there. I've read the criminal complaint against Kyle Rittenhouse. I've read his lawyer statement, both of them in their full entirety. And I can't be convinced at this point that he didn't do exactly what he should have done in those scenarios. So we're going to start at the top and we're going to work our way through this. Now, here's what we know is happening across America. Um, I made a Facebook stats the other day that I thought, man, it's going to be great. Uh, but they're never great when you think they're going to be great. And that's just the way it goes. I was reminded of the Then They Came For Me poem, right? Mm-hmm. About the Germans who didn't speak up, Micah. Um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this just took a turn. Um, and how if you don't speak up for the people who are currently oppressed, one day they'll come for you. So I was thinking, you know, they came for Ferguson. Nobody did anything because... We don't care about Ferguson. Then they went for Portland. Now they've gone for Kenosha. And people like Kyle went to Kenosha to stand up. And now he's facing murder charges and a slew of smear campaigns in the media for what he did. But let's let's paint a full picture in context 
Uh, we've, I think everybody at the table has probably watched countless videos now of how this shook down, how yep. it played out. And so we're going to walk through that step-by-step, dispel some myths, give you the facts as we know them, and then we'll talk about what Kyle did and whether it was right or wrong. Um, you're not going to convince me it wasn't right, I'll tell you that, but um, let's get to it. Okay, here's what we know. You have an eight-year-old girl who was shot and killed in Atlanta not too long ago. We have almost an entire episode dedicated to that. Her um, mom was driving the car and took a wrong turn, and she was a young eight-year-old black girl, and Black Lives Matter protesters shot and killed her. And, boy, they couldn't get that off the news fast enough. Couldn't get it off the news fast enough. You have an elderly man in Kenosha who used a fire extinguisher to try and stop looters from tearing apart his business. He was beaten unconscious. And if you've seen that video, by the way, go back and watch it again. You'll notice that as they render aid to the man, one of the people that stops to act like they're helping him sets down a Gatorade bottle that's full of a pasty gray substance. You tell me what that really is. It's not Gatorade. We know that there were riots in Minneapolis following the suicide of a homicide suspect. Uh, We know that Seattle's East Precinct was attacked. We know that Portland and federal buildings inside of Portland have been under siege. So you add all that together and you have a 17-year-old living about 25 minutes from Kenosha who answers a call to action from a local business owner in Kenosha who says, I own a car dealership and a few mechanic shops, and I'm looking for people to help me protect them. That'll stand guard. And so Kyle Rittenhouse uh, answers the call and heads out. He goes down and he helps clean graffiti off of a local school. He renders aid. This is a fact. He renders aid to two protesters who were injured and shared opposing ideology to him. He's a trained EMT on site with medical equipment, helping people that need help. Kyle goes down to one of the um, shops he's helping protect, and he's cut off by police who advance on the position he was holding before he left. And as he's down there, the police tell him he can't return to where he originally was. So Kyle attempts to make his way back to the mechanic shop. When he gets there, by the way, what he finds are protesters with baseball bats, some of which have nails sticking out of them, beating on the cars sitting outside of the business. So Kyle decides he'll run over and deter them from uh, any further damage to the property. As he makes his way towards them, Someone behind him draws a gun and shoots it into the air. No more than probably 20 to 30 yards from my judgment on the video. Pulls a gun, fires it into the air. Simultaneously, within a very reasonable amount of time close to that, the the man uh, that Kyle eventually shoots throws a bag containing something in Kyle's direction. Kyle confronts the people beating on the cars. They run. Kyle turns after the gunshot is fired to find this guy attacking him for his rifle. Reaches out and tries to take the rifle. He fights the guy, shoots him a total of four times. What's a really telling fact, by the way, that I don't don't think anybody has pointed out. If you go read the coroner's report, 
this guy that Kyle shot, he's the sex offender everybody's uh, talking about, by the way, who was using the N-word towards Kyle or towards, well, not towards Kyle, but towards someone else, maybe, mm-hmm. towards protesters early in the night, yep. or, or uh, I guess, uh, count, not, I don't want to call them counter-protesters, the security officers, I think is what I would call them. So he's using the N-word, so he's a racist, we know that, and we also know he's a convicted sex offender, and so uh, probably my favorite meme out of all of it is, isn't supposed to have contacts with minors, got shot by a minor, <laughs> right? Um, you get what's coming to you. So he's chasing Kyle. I did see one that said he died doing what he was what he loved yes minors yes that's good yes uh he's chasing kyle kyle turns he tries to grab the gun kyle shoots him like uh three or four times and what's here's the telling thing by the way um these so-called medics which they weren't very good medics they were actually from the daily caller news foundation they got themselves on the news a lot talking about rendering aid to this guy and trying to get him to a hospital but he died it's because uh the guy was grazed in the forehead Yep. He wasn't shot in the forehead. He was shot through the stomach and the abdomen and the groin and he bled out from the inside and they failed to realize that. So they weren't they didn't know what they were doing, which kudos to them for trying to help anyway. Um, but to go on the news and act like, Well, I was doing everything I could Well, was, well you didn't so, do your initial uh, blood sweep. You kinda didn't know what well, you Well, that's exactly the point I was gonna make. Excellent point right there. So uh, there's cell phone footage where they're on top of him, which is always really funny to me that if you're there, you're in the moment and you're still holding your phone. Are you really helping get out of the way? No. <laughs> so, right. Thank you. Absolutely Thank you. Not. Thank you for that in-depth analysis, Chris. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, but they're, you know, they're all screaming. They're calling for the cops, which is hilarious by the way. Uh, and then they're yeah. like, where, then they're asking him, where are you hit? Where are you hit? Well, he's, out of it he's not responding yeah. and then they see the wounds to the forehead and all assume that he was shot in the head yeah you and you hear the girl screaming and there is no blood sweep after that all of their attention goes focused on the head and nowhere else which I, I, so slow down in Wait. the moment i can sort of understand that all right explain blood sweep get into that real quick well you're just looking for other injuries right where's the blood coming yeah, from you, right so basically what you do is you turn you turn the injured individual on his side and you sweep you take your entire arm form and you sweep down his back i'm not touching that guy well good, good thing you weren't there <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure for sure uh, for more you're, reasons you're, than check, just that. you're checking for you're checking for blood basically yeah I got, okay all right okay. we're looking for all uh, throughout uh, all, all throughout all the extremities and entry and exit wounds mm-hmm. things of that nature okay but you're not going to find one and then just stop looking they did they did. Yeah. Which is probably part of the reason why he died. Well, they found the smallest one. Yeah. Yeah. The one that wasn't so life threatening. The they found the most obvious one. Right. And then gave up. Well, they'll tell you, and I think I would agree with this, that that guy died because the protesters wouldn't get out of the way. They were right across the street from the hospital. It took them 45 minutes to get him to there because they wouldn't move. They had to literally get out and scream there at was protesters. 40 people with cell phones in his face. I'm sure. Which, I mean, who's to say, even if they had found. Um, all three other, you know, entry and exit wounds there. I mean, yeah, he's who done. knows what they would have been able to do to help him. Yeah. I mean, they obviously didn't know to do a blood sweep, you know, even if they found it. If I'm not mistaken, the kill shot punctured an organ. I don't remember which one, but he was, he was done for. He wasn't going to survive that. Um, <clears throat> so Kyle leaves this area and uh, he go, he calls someone. We're not sure exactly who. He definitely runs towards the police uh, trying to surrender. 
Um, and as he's trying to make his way away from the crowd, he's engaged by several other people. Um, they catch up to him. They're screaming that he's the guy that did it. He shot that guy. He is attacked with a skateboard after. So he trips and falls to the ground. And then a guy jumps and kicks him. And then a second guy comes in with a skateboard. And he opens fire on that gentleman for trying to, you know, murder him with a skateboard, which is a real thing. Like You can't bash somebody in the head with a skateboard and get away with it. It's deadly force. You also can't call him a gentleman. And then now that's a good point. Good point. And then uh, another fella comes running up, probably a nice uh, technical college student from somewhere, and he draws what appears to be a Glock 26 out of the small of his back and makes a lunge for Kyle. Tries to do a false surrender to throw him off, Yep. uh, and Kyle smokes him as well. So he kills two, injures one, and all of this, all of this, surrounds what we now know about Jacob Blake. Um, this is the point where if you're, for some godforsaken reason, listening to this in a public environment, I would mute mute us for the next couple of minutes um, and, and don't let your kids hear this part. Uh, what we now know about Jacob Blake is that he was um, not allowed on the property where he was. There was a restraining order against him because what had happened was he broke in to this lady's house who he had had a previous relationship with. She was asleep in bed and woke up to him standing over her. She had a child in the bed with her, by the way. He reached under her nightgown, penetrated her with his finger against her will, pulled his finger out, and told her, you smell like you've been with other men. He then took her keys and left. That is why there was a restraining order against him. So, by the way, in due time, she had about $1,000 stolen out of her uh, bank account. And I don't think she could ever prove he did it, but he was a suspect in that. Uh, Further to the point, he shows up again. He has sexually assaulted this woman. She calls the police and says he's here. He's not supposed to be here. He gets in a scuffle with the police, puts one of the officers in a headlock, and then has a knife drawn as he makes his way around the car. It's evident in the video. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah. And we talked about that last week. We said, seems pretty clear that they're telling him to drop something. Is it the knife? Is it the gun? Can't really tell, but they're saying drop something. He makes his way to a vehicle, which, by the way, the police union says wasn't his That was not his car. And there were children in the back seat. So he has a knife. He's taking her keys. There are kids in this car, and he's making a run for it. Now, the onus is on anyone who says they should have done anything other than what they had already done. They tried to wrestle him down. They tried to restrain him through physical force. They tried to use him. Yes, sir. They tried non-lethal alternatives. Well, let's talk for a second about what you see on the news. So if you watch this Mm -hmm. on any major news outlet, and I saw it on one, which which was uh, CNN headline news. I saw it there. And then I thought, okay, well, if they're going to portray it in this light, and what I mean by that is only show you basically 
where he's coming around the car right, right up until the first shot's fired, and then they cut it. You know, it's you don't see anything up, huh? before that. You don't see where he has the knife as he's coming around the car. They're not going to show you that. So they show you these little bits and pieces. They're not going to show you the full story. And of course, we don't see the officer in a headlock. We don't know what happened inside the house before that. Telling you that to say, I got into a conversation with somebody who said, I mean, why didn't they tase him? <laughs> they, well, why didn't yeah. they do this? Why didn't they do that? And it went down the laundry list of all these different things that should have happened. And some of those things did happen. I mean, obviously there was a confrontation. Yeah. This guy didn't get shot for no reason. Yeah. So the other thing is you see him start to get in the car. What the news isn't telling you is that there's a bunch of kids in the car. They Well, they will tell you that halfway. They'll tell you that the cops shot him in front of his kids. But they're not saying that they were in the car and he was trying to get in the car and <laughs> right. leave with them. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I said to this person I was having a conversation with, I said, okay, I'm going to pretend for a second that that's my child in that car. Uh-huh. He is dead. He is dead. He's not right. getting in that car and driving not away. Not a million years. It'd be more than seven shots fired. Yeah. And they'd be well-placed. Yeah. I'm not playing that. It's just a strange scenario where we, we live in a world where they're going to paint this picture with a, a, a broad brush, but it's it's a really tiny picture, so right. it doesn't work out. Well, you know, look, if we have to say all cops are racist because they, they shot Jacob Blake, then we have to say that all black men are, are sex offenders because Jacob Blake was a sex offender. I mean, I see no flaws in your logic. It's it's the same logic. It's so stupid. Nobody is allowed to judge anyone by that measure. So that's what we now know happened. He and we. Yep. Go ahead, Micah. Sorry. I, I think it's interesting that you know this all started. You know, he was obviously a sex offender um, to a degree, and you know, you you know, I'm thinking, I was like, okay, where's the me too? Yeah, movement. Yeah, good question. Seen here nowhere. Good question. We've moved on from that one. We've got a new movement now. We don't need that one anymore. (laughs) Yeah, there's no political clout in that one anymore. uh, Imagine being. We can uh, resume all sexual offenses at this point, I believe, because (laughs) as long as as long as a black person's not involved, we're good to go on that. Mm. Uh, Or capitalism. You can't have black people or capitalism. Any other movement. uh, We're not really doing those right now. So we're, we're busy. Yeah, I mean, imagine being the victim of that um, sexual assault and then seeing every major NFL, NBA team right. cancel their practice right, you know, in, in honor of him. Name, in honor of him. I mean, that that to me is just pathetic, disgusting. and What know. a great point. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely yep. right. You see those people like wearing the shirts that spell out Jacob Blake. Yeah. yeah, imagine being that poor woman, and you remember waking up, and he's you got over LeBron you. Yeah. calling Obama for advice on whether or not to cancel well, the season. Hey, hey, quick question. What could possibly go wrong there? <laughs> hey, uh, President Obama, yeah, you're an unoppressed black man, very wealthy like myself. Uh-huh. How do I play oppressed? Oh, my God, LeBron, have I got some advice for you? Skip your game. <laughs> I'll tell you what I would do. Take your knee. I would tell Nike I'm not taking any more of your money till you free those laborers that build those shoes. No, that's not going to work. Oh, okay. Come on with something else. Um, that's what we know. That's a fantastic point, Micah. Um, that's what we know about Jacob Blake. So all of this madness, all of the protests, it's all predicated on a lie again just like in atlanta where it was all predicated on a lie 
Let me tell you, by the way. That one went away pretty quick, too. It sure did. And we have a full breakdown about what happened down there at feltrecoilshow.com. Just click on blog. We have a blog dedicated to how Atlanta's mayor, who, by the way, was allowed to speak at the DNC. Yeah. How she's culpable in the death of that young child. She's culpable in the violence that's happening around the country right now. Go to feltrecoilshow.com, read that whole blog. So let's go back to Kyle Rittenhouse, because now the question is, and I can't even believe it's a question, we we live and breathe in a community of three percenters. These guys want to post memes that say, shoot tyrants in the face, and the tree of liberty must be watered with the blood of tyrants from time to time. And they want to do all this like uh, showboating and chest pounding, and I love my country. And then they turn around and they go, what was a 17-year-old doing out there in he the street? state lines. What was he doing? Uh, interesting fact that I just, you know, it's funny. I just happened to read it. I just, I don't know. It was just providential in a way. I happened to read that William Bradford was the leader of the Pilgrims at 16 years old. He snuck them out of Holland onto a boat and came to a new world 400, and, 400 years ago even. 1620, they came to America, and he's 16 years old, right? So, Did his parents sign a waiver saying he was allowed (laughs) to do that? Right? So we need to remember, because I think we've forgotten, that America's founders shot tyrants in the face. Not a joke, not, not, not hyperbolic, literally shot people. To your point, I read something earlier that basically said that um, those men that fought in the American Revolution, uh, I think the average enlistment age was about 18. Um, you could enlist as young as 16 with a waiver from your parents, but most of the older men had farms to tend to and, and families and things, and so mm-hmm. most of the guys that were doing the fighting were in like a 16 to 24 age range. Yeah. That yeah. was very common. I mean, you realize Thomas Jefferson was like early 20s when he's writing the Declaration of Independence. Like, here's here's a 20-something by today's standards writing a letter to the King of England on behalf of the entire population and saying, kick rocks, we are absolutely done with you. Right, and Th- now we have Billie Eilish. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Who, by the way, would have you bowed down to whatever form of tyranny is popular at the moment? Because oh, yeah. they've done this incredible thing, which used to be cliche, but now it's playing itself out in real time, where we tolerate everything that's in line with what we believe. Tolerance is believing what we believe. There's no room for not believing what we believe. Uh, there's only room for what we believe well, because and, then you're and how bigot. we believe it. So the question becomes, uh, to all the three percenters who are now griping that a 17-year-old went out there and did what they're too afraid to do, is Kyle Rittenhouse a patriot? Is he a misguided youth? Is he acting in a way other people shouldn't act? And and I would contend, and I'm open to any opposing opinion, that the man is a patriot, that at 17 years old, first of all, 17, out doing a civic duty, helping strangers who are hurt, who he knows disagree with and do not like him, and then protecting himself when he must. I don't know how there's a better definition of a man in general. It just that's who everybody should want to be. I, I was flabbergasted and disgusted that the Blaze, Glenn Beck's organization, 
posted an editorial this week questioning and calling Kyle's family disappointing, implying there must be a problem at home if a 17-year-old is in the streets of Kenosha defending property against rioters and looters. What would you have us do? I can't say I'm surprised that the Blaze would take that angle because I feel like Glenn Beck has been on this weird downward slope uh, towards uh, looking for middle ground acceptance. Yeah, appeasement. Um, For many years now, I used to listen to him uh, when I started college. This is a long time ago. And I would would listen to him on the way there. And I thought he was great. He would do the bits where he was, you know, would like scream at people. And I never heard anything like that before. So I thought it was brilliant. Right. Like he'd get, they would obviously let someone on the show with a, a wackadoodle opposing viewpoint. And then he would like scream out, like, get off my phone. Yeah. Yeah. And he'd like flip out. And I, I loved it. I thought it was great. As just very entertaining radio. Right. Uh, and then fast forward a few years, he starts kind of slipping into a, a weird place politically i thought where he was kind of trying to get and maybe maybe it was just a a ploy to gain some audience uh members but he was kind of doing this thing where he was uh you know just taking the middle ground and and trying i think it was in maybe in his mind he was like trying to do this thing where okay i'm gonna be rational i'm gonna i'm gonna say what what nobody else is saying and be in the middle of all this yeah, and that has continually gotten weirder and weirder until this kind of thing's going on. I think it's pretty amazing that he went through what he did in such a short period of time, and you you have to understand the adrenaline rush that he was probably feeling. Right, I mean, you have an entire mob, yeah, of angry people running after you, willing to do you know, bodily harm to you, if not death. Yeah. Which, uh, and he was able to stay calm and collected. He was able to, you know, want again, render aid right after all that had happened. And then even communicate with law enforcement. Yeah. Try to turn himself in. Wasn't he with a group of people? Didn't he go there with a group? He did. Yeah. With a friend and some other friends. Yeah. Sure. But then he got separated from those guys, obviously. Right. He responded to a call for help. At another location, I believe it was when he was helping the injured protesters, and the police advanced at that time, and they weren't letting people come behind them at all. Mm-hmm. So once they moved in, they wouldn't let him back, and that's where he got into trouble. Yeah, gotcha. Um, DB Boone, by the way, from Thirteen Hours in Benghazi, Boone yep. uh, was on the Skill Set Podcast this past week, and he made a fascinating point about the fact that a mob is a deadly weapon. He was like, if you don't think a mob's a deadly weapon, you've never been in the middle of a mob. And I was like, hmm, fair enough. True. That comes from the perfect guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? Yeah, who, who could say it better? Right. And he was making the point how quick they turn on you. You got five, six, seven people ready to really hurt you, and you're alone, that's a deadly weapon. They don't need to be armed. It's a deadly weapon in and of itself. The Blaze, by the way, this is an editorial by Leon Wolf, who is, uh, as I recall, like the editor in uh, one of the editors for both Red State and The Blaze. Um, so he starts his uh, personal opinion segment by saying, Rittenhouse should not have been patrolling the streets of Kenosha 
whatever failures might have existed on the part of the state and local government, and there appear to have been many, the idea of a 17-year-old with a loaded rifle being dropped into a powder keg can only happen when some horribly bad judgment has occurred. Then he does this, which is so typical anti-gun people. I say this as a gun owner and Second Amendment supporter who took his son to the shooting range at the same age and taught him how to properly handle a firearm. So noble. So noble. Well, I'm I'm suggesting, uh, I'm picking up here, that he is suggesting his son was 17 the first time he took his son to a shooting sure. range. Uh, sure. guess what? Guess what my son's doing for his eighth birthday this year? <laughs> No, seriously, we've built it up. We're taking the guns out. He's going to go shooting for the first time. There you go. Because when you really believe in something and you want your child to be passionate about it, you get them into it as soon as you can. You know, some people at six and seven and all that. Anyway, so uh, this is, again, written by a man who wouldn't let his son touch a gun until he was 17, apparently. Uh, and he wants to call the Rittenhouse family disappointing. Okay. Um, but he does. He says, I know what Kyle Rittenhouse is. I don't know what Kyle Rittenhouse's family or home situation is like, or how exactly he came to be where he was on that fateful night. But it's disappointing to say the least that no one in his life prevented him from being there. Hey, Leon, I don't know where you live. I don't really care to know where you live, but what are you doing? What are you doing to make a difference? Because here's the thing. There's a systemic failure from the local government in Kenosha. The police do not have enough people. Like at what point... how far do we have to roll over? Do we have to just get on our knees and die to make Leon Wolf happy that, well, at least at least you didn't send any 17-year-olds out to defend the neighborhood. At least they didn't go out and defend innocent people. You're not, by the way, you're not a true Second Amendment supporter if you don't believe that every able-bodied person in the country should grab a firearm and fight back against those who would do harm to people who love this country. Because at the end of the day, if let's just say there's a gay pride parade taking place down Main Street and Antifa and Black Lives Matter want to show up and wreck that, is there going to be an issue if patriots show up with rifles to defend them? What is the difference between that and what happened here? If the state fails to protect the people, the people have a moral obligation to protect the people. I don't understand how there's a question about that. Imagine being the business owner that kind of started all this and you're getting on social media and you're calling for help because the government that you pay taxes to has let you down. Yeah. Yeah. They're That's a refusing sad to think of Seattle. Oh yeah. And chop. Well, you, and the residents of uh, Seattle and Portland, I think are actually now looking at class action lawsuits towards the city, which is funny because now they either have to, uh, admit that they're they failed to protect their citizens, or they have to admit that Black Lives don't matter. They got to pick mm. one or the other. Mm. Interesting, tough spot for them. Yeah, it's going to be weird spot. to see how that plays out. Actually, uh, Wolf goes on and on. I'm not going to read too much because you really can't get. It's a false premise. You get to that first paragraph. The Blaze believes there's an age limit on patriotism. There's an age limit. Like, okay, in Leon Wolf's opinion, if someone comes into my home, what's the difference? What's the difference? They come into your community, which, by the way, this is uh, uh, Rittenhouse is the same distance from Kenosha, where he lives, as I am from the downtown I would call my downtown. Yep. Okay? 
So I hang out in two spots, either downtown Greenville or I go to Traveler's Rest, which is a small town outside of that. Both of those are kind of equidistant to my home at about 15 to 20 minutes. Rittenhouse drove 25 minutes to be in Kenosha. He indicates on tape at one point that he that he works down there. I'm assuming he might have meant that he was working, not that he goes there for work as a mm-hmm. habit, but we don't know at this point. Um he gets outnumbered by thugs and hooligans and and uh, violent, violent rioters and looters. What would you have him do? So what's the difference between Rittenhouse grabbing a gun and defending his community, anybody being willing to grab a firearm and defend their community, and anybody being willing to grab a firearm and defend their home? Do we now have to draw a line there? I can't leave my street because the riders and looters are on the other side of the road, and that's not technically my neighborhood. Well, but what's really happening? How dense here? are we? I think what's actually happening is we're getting to a point where it's. I think the left would like it to not be legal for you to be able to defend yourself, and they're right, they're, they're gonna they're gonna one hundred percent villainize the firearm. We already know that. That's that, that's the tactic they've been using for years, right? right? But so put that aside. It doesn't I don't think it matters what you use to defend yourself. It's it's not about the means, it's about the act itself. Yeah. I think that's what they're trying to But what is the Blaze doing propagating Man, that I philosophy? Can't, I can't that's what that really bothers me about this article. These are people like Glenn Beck makes paintings of the founders and says faith hope and charity like you don't get those things without protecting them you don't get to keep them especially this day and age without protecting them and this isn't a glenn beck article so i'm not going to blame him but it's an interesting thing and i you know i guess i should say that not everybody should have to think directly in line with glenn's belief system to work there but it's astounding that anybody would claim to be a conservative thinker and be allowed a platform like the Blaze because this went out in their email blast. This isn't something that's just hiding in the corner at theblaze.com. This is in their weekly email blast they send out saying, hey, check out this great article from Leon Wolf about how that kid was a misguided youth from a bad family life. Absolutely not. I don't think he could be further from He's the truth. trying to paint a bad picture. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, he did everything by the book. When you take a concealed carry course, you're – one of the factors is you do have a duty to retreat. Depending on the state. Correct. Yeah. Depending on the state. Yes. And he did it. And in this situation, he was fleeing the mob and they, and you know, the one video where the guy is, you know, charging him at that point, that individual is the aggressor at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, it's a state law. The, uh, you know, you have to, to flee, uh, and, and it's dependent on locale, right? Like in South Carolina, in my home, I don't have to go anywhere. You come into my house in South Carolina, it's game on. You're done. I, I don't even have to let you through the door, actually. Yep. You can beat on the door in South Carolina, and if I know you're coming in as a physical threat, I can shoot you through the door. And in fact, that doctrine is extended to your car in South Carolina. I mean, it goes on and on. Yep. The law, and you're not wrong. The law is very nuanced. I remember in Alabama <laughs> being told by someone very important if there's a back way out of your apartment, you have to flee. And thinking, what? And he said, in other words, shoot that person and drag them into your bedroom <laughs> and act like that's where they were. I was like, that is crazy talk. 
Crazy. You had to be in a room that allowed no retreat in the state of Alabama. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable the hoops they make good people jump through to not suddenly turn into criminals for doing, by the way, what is instinctively right to do. There's not a person in the world who, A, doesn't instinctively want to fly in that situation, right? It's hard to to fight. It's not something we naturally do, most of us. But B, to defend yourself and your family is also a natural instinct. So I'm just... I'm really lost at the split on the right on on whether this kid was in the right or wrong. This is what our founders did. They went out into the streets and they told the Redcoats who were here burning and looting businesses, no more. And then when the Redcoats said, too bad, get over it, we shot them and we killed them and we created our own country and we said it'll be based on these principles and nothing else and everyone. And by the way, I see the people, I think this is great. I see the people who go, I say black lives matter because black lives didn't matter when they said all men were created equal and black lives didn't matter when they said all men. And yes, they did. You wouldn't be where you are without all men are created equal. It's a completely naive and ignorant view of history to not understand, even when you look at the three-fifths clause, that entire debate was about our black people property or are they people? And there was such a large contingency of founders who said they are people, they are people, and you have to give them up as property. And then there were those who said, no, they're property, but they should count for a vote. And so the compromise was fine. As long as you consider them property, they get three-fifths of a vote. Because, by the way, the owner was voting for them. They weren't going down to vote. They were counted under the owner's vote because landowners voted for the household. These slaves are a part of my household, so their votes count with my vote. And there were enough of us that said, no, that's not right. That's property. You're not allowed to do that. If you want them to vote, make them free. So we had to compromise, and that led to the erosion of the idea that people could be property. White people and black people and Americans, that's that's really the finality of it all americans died to guarantee all men were created equal white and black alike gave their lives and died to guarantee it when it came to shooting tyrants in the face in the streets and when it came to frankly shooting other americans who said we're going to hold these people as property and there's not a lot you can do about it whatever it took americans have fought for that individual liberty for all for everybody regardless so All that may be a bit of a tangent, but I view Kyle Rittenhouse as the epitome of patriotism, as as a very good man who did everything that should and would be required of him. I'd be proud to call him a family member or a son uh, or even a friend, and, and I find it egregious that anybody would act like he's in any way acting in the wrong. He went out to protect his community, to protect the innocent. And and even, you know what, by the way, even if it wasn't his community, all the better to him. Like, all the better. Because here's a guy who's willing to leave his comfort zone and go out and put it online. Look, those of us with families, it's 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 a trickier proposition, right? Yeah. You got a wife and kids at home. You have to go, okay, no, wait, wait, wait. If I go out there and do that for them and I get popped, I'm in jail. Who's taking care of my family? So you have an obligation to them. But soon, you have to recognize soon it's going to knock on our doorstep. Kind of already has on yours, Hulon, right? Like they've literally been close to your street. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, not recently, but yes. Yeah, in the last couple of years. Yeah. It's only getting worse. Last time around when the whole BLM thing got heated, they were were within a mile. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about this the other day. I think any three percenter or Second Amendment supporter um, should put themselves in, you know, what would you do in his situation if you were the one being chased? By that mob, by an angry mob, what what would you have done? Yeah, and then I mean, go from there. I don't disagree with that. I think that's a uh, probably the way these and then people if, that if are. You, if your situation's a little different, or if you're gonna change change things up, then you might want to reconsider a few things. You know? Yeah. Oh, those people that are being critical, the blaze, and anyone that wants to side with them—that is the question they need to ask themselves. Honestly. Yeah. I wonder if. If Kyle would be treated any differently if he were 27 or 37. Yeah. I think the narrative would be different. Vastly. Because I feel like people are hung up on the fact that he's 17. Yeah, it's a weird thing, huh? They want to act like he's a kid. But, I just, but he's really but not. I think that's part of the society we live in. Something else in addition to that. I mean. Well, many things. Yeah. But if you're if you're looking at it from the standpoint of age we live in a society where now you're on your parents insurance until you're 26 yeah right so what is the definition of a kid yeah it seems to have shifted pretty far right. from what we were talking about earlier where yeah. you've got people fighting in wars it's time for you to move out yeah well yeah i mean you know we, we've, we've come a long way from your your sending letters to the king to right. now, now you're still on your parents' insurance. Yeah. That's a strange But that's strange what they've thing. wanted, right? Like yeah. the, the people that would hate. That's by design. The people that are out there trying to kill Kyle, that's what they want, right? They want parents. And, and we've talked about this before where it is a funny thing where the people with the the far, the the more spoiled you are, the further you lean left, right? Like if, if your parents don't make you work for things coming up, you tend to lean a little further to the left because that's your worldview. You leave mom and dad's house, suddenly, wait a second, wait a second, that's not taken care of? Wait, I'm supposed to? No, 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 no. Somebody should do that for me. Make that make that a thing. Somebody should do that for me. Why is this something I have to go out and get? Why am I doing this for myself? No, 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 no. Make that happen for me. It's Look, there's a strong correlation. You don't meet, I mean, once we met a really spoiled far-right Republican <laughs> But uh, I'll, I'll tell you later who who I'm talking about. Uh, apparently, apparently, you don't get it. No, I got it. <laughs> I got it. It's not, just, it's not the place for it. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, I've known more than one, but yeah, yeah, it happens. But but I it's it's, it's much more rare that yeah, definitely more rare that kids who are you know raised with the silver spoon stay conservative leaning. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So I think there's a strong, there's a correlation there. When you look at what's happening in the streets, those people tend to, um, I don't know, they tend to carry that same flag, that same banner, fit the same MO, as it were. Okay. Uh, so I guess let's, let's remind everyone that uh, now you have the shooting and then you have the brick attack. Was that today? In Baltimore? Uh, it may have been yesterday. You have the execution in Portland last night. Cold blood, cold blood. 
you have a gentleman crossing a crosswalk in Baltimore, uh, and someone walks up and hits him in the back of the head with a brick, knocks him face down in the concrete. And, he, and the, these two incidents share a very Im- uh, eerie similarity where the person doing the filming obviously knew it was going to happen. Yep. Yeah, it was a coordinated attack. So I feel like this is a terrorist tactic that leads you to the conclusion that the community behind Black Lives Matter and the people who are uh, carrying out these attacks are hand-in-hand, and it's about time that the government officially acknowledge exactly what that means, that this is terrorism. Uh, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, they've kind of gone as crazy as you can go. They're coordinating attacks against innocent Americans. Here we are another week, and Trump's done nothing to make that happen. Yeah. Makes you wonder. Yeah, he can go do that. He can go do that. And, um, look, they're going to cry racism no matter what the man does. Might as well do something that that makes an impact. Okay, uh, don't forget the blog, by the way. Um, Did you know that one time we went clay shooting with a KSG? That actually happened. True story. And we videotaped it. It's on our YouTube channel. Go to FeltRecoilShow.com. Click on the YouTube icon, FeltRecoilShow.com. Watch us shoot clays with a KSG. Um, let's do these two things together. Joe Biden. <laughs> He's our vote of the week. But first, know that uh, COVID-19 cases nationwide, the CDC has now said that of COVID-19 causes of death, 6% of the deaths and only 6% rate, COVID-19 was the only cause mentioned. For deaths with conditions or causes in addition to COVID-19, on average, there were 2.6 additional conditions or causes per death. So COVID-19 nationwide cases, 5.9 million Total deaths, according to the CDC, just before we started this, 182,622. And of those 182,622, only 6% of them died solely from COVID-19. The other 94% on average uh, had an additional 2.6 conditions as their cause of death. So it takes COVID-19 plus basically three other pre-existing conditions to kill you, 6% only. So rough math means you're at, let's see here, 1,800 times 6. Is that right? So we're at 6,000, about 11,000 people, roughly. I think it's so just, just under 10,000. That's crazy, right? So just out of curiosity, why do you think the CDC released this information? Well, they're clarifying. It seems pretty as, contradicting to the well, rest of... they've been doing this all question. along. Mm-hmm. They've been making retractions and, and clarifications and things, and a lot of it's gone under the radar. Uh, you might hear a quick little blurb on the news or something, but they don't give it much time. And then anything that's out there on the Internet that you're finding on Twitter or Facebook or wherever is generally, I think, dismissed as conspiracy uh, and and not given a lot of weight. I think this is one of the first things that has really caught on. All these major media outlets are grabbing it and going, oh, look at this. Yeah. Like, like they've discovered something. Like this is huge. Yeah. When when in reality, it's funny because I said something to my wife about it. I said, did you see that? Did you see the 6% thing? It's like less than 10,000 people. And she was like, 
No, but I mean, that's kind of what I figured all along. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's a slide on the CDC. I think it's a slide on the media. Exactly well, what Patrick point, said. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. It's all about they panicked everybody. Uh, the Democrats have done a great job, of, of and, and some Republicans, by the way. So the government uh, as a whole has done a great, cause, because now Trump has given in and uh, to a degree. Uh, but they've done a great job of seizing control when they could. They put everybody into a panic and seized control. It's what government likes to do. And you did it all over um, a very low mortality rate in the first place. And then what turns out to be a, an even more less likely uh, scenario where people just, they're not, nobody's getting sick from try, COVID as, try to as remember a real habit. That the media, these are the same people that are, are telling you this groundbreaking information now. These are the same people that six months ago told you anything you touched was going to kill you. Yes, yeah, true. Anything it was on surfaces. Was, and... If it was on, it lived for days on mm-hmm. on uh, stainless steel. Yeah. Uh, it lived for days on cardboard. That's right. Plastic. I That's mean, right. come on. Like, yeah. We, and yeah. we were force-fed that 24-7 by every, every way you can receive information. We were force-fed it. And we were sitting in here saying, don't be afraid of what you're being shown. Consider what you're seeing. Like, what is life really like for you? And the, the retort, which I find so funny, was, well, science isn't anecdotal. Science is, is you know, the, the new popular thing. Science isn't anecdotal. And then there's the, uh, what's the other one that everybody keeps repeating? Oh, that's a sample size of one. Okay. <laughs> that's a sample. Like, sh- shut up. Shut up. You know, like what I'm talking about is this is my life experience. This is what has been true for me throughout the process. Ergo, I can't buy into your hype. And we were saying that early on, kind of tongue in cheek about, you know, things supposedly being crazy and blah, blah. And then you're comparing it to uh, deaths by vehicle and, you know, all these other crazy things that can kill you, but nobody's stopping their lives because of that. We're still doing those things. And uh, now it kind of feels a little bit like, uh, you know, I won't say retribution. That's not the word I'm looking for, but, um, you know, you're kind of proven correct. Like all the hype was kind of pointless. Like you're not likely to get it. And if you do get it and it's all you got, you're probably really probably not going to die. Right. Like, you know, so it's, we really shot ourselves in the foot as a country. I don't know. So, way to say it, so. so you would think to add to that, you would think that, in a world where we wish common sense existed, but right. quite frankly doesn't at this point. You know, how how soon do you think the whole mass thing is just gonna go away now? Man not soon enough. Yeah. I got an email today. We're supposed to go to a shooting competition next month and they're telling us face masks are gonna be required in in, in Alabama. In, in outside. Outside in the late summer. Come on. Bring your face mask. I was like, I don't bring, know bring about a, all this, bring guys. Bring oxygen tank, too. I got it. Like, right. Isn't it so funny? I'd show up with a scuba tank. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Show up in a Mop 4 hazmat suit. Here's what I'm not going to take. I'm not going to take anybody there telling me that we're here to learn how to defend ourselves from anything. Because <laughs> so I'm going to go, you bunch <laughs> of cowards, <laughs> you face masks. No thanks. All right, anyway. Well, if you're going to wear one, get a thin blue line, American flag one or something. I'll probably wear, yeah. oh, I will. I'll wear my Black Lives Matter face mask, which if you don't have one, you should get one. And I mean that sincerely. Um, I feel like you can't dance your way out of that one, Chris. You're going to have to crickets, explain that one. Crickets. I bought four of them today. I did. Um, I'm telling you, I listened to Boone, and he made some really interesting points. And he was talking about 
Um, what do you do if you're driving and you suddenly find yourself surrounded? You know, because look, you're talking Kenosha. Nobody lives there. It's in the middle of nothing. Okay. Where have you heard of Kenosha before? Never in my life. You never heard of Gus Polinski and the Kenosha Kickers? No. Polka, polka, polka. What the are polka we kings in the Midwest? About? No, you never heard any of those. No, oh, sir. All right, well, you're missing out. <laughs> I don't know what I did. That was a deep, <laughs> deep, deep cut to something. Home Alone reference. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. No. She hops a ride back with the polka guys. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Candy. Uh, it's Gus Polinski and the 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 Kenosha Kickers. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. No, okay. You're like one of the only that, people on earth that would. Yeah. That. Sorry. Is that where he was from? <laughs> My brother will get it. Well, in the movie. The yeah. one, the brother your dad should have taken up to see no, the, the jail, other the other one. <laughs> um, I feel like there's more of that story. No, that was really the whole story there. Uh, <laughs> it really was. And moving on. Uh, all right. So here's the point. Look, it's happening in all these very rural towns small towns it's coming to a town near you you're gonna round a corner there's gonna be 40 people standing in the street they're gonna start beating on your hood i mean look at the kid with the ak that got popped i don't remember where that was but it was a similar scenario you just got a guy driving another guy they round a corner and oh crap now somebody's pointing a gun at you so boone made this recommendation he said the best thing you can do is try and blend in i put my fist up you know keep your windows up he said don't break the seal keep your windows up lock your doors and try and just put your fist up in solidarity, say Black Lives Matter out loud, do your best to blend in and roll through. Because that's your obligation. Don't let your ego get in the way. Think of your obligation to yourself and your family. You got to get out of there quickly, safely. They will charge you with murder if you defend yourself. We know that's true. Yep. Be realistic. Look, as Travis Haley would say, self-actualization, not self-perception. Like, don't don't perceive that things are going to work away. Know how it's going to work out. So I thought, quite frankly, I was like, that's a great point. And so I got on Etsy, and there was a place selling, you can get a fist on a mask, says Black Lives Matter. Five. Oh, so you weren't joking. Nah, man. They're five bucks a piece. I bought four. I did it in the office today. I will, I will put those things in the car. I, got I made one. fun of him. And then I thought. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, put it. I'm telling you, well, get one. I, I agree. You put know. it in your car. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And the minute they come up and surround you, I'm gonna slap that thing over the mirror or put it on my face or whatever, and put a fist up. I'm going, no, 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 I'm with you. I'm with you. Give him a thumbs up. We remember when we took fist uh, in solidarity. Took the class with Travis. Uh, he posed the question: You're in a mall and there's a shooting. Yeah. And what do you do? And everybody, all these guys, tough guys, that will puff their chests up. Ah, I'm gonna go after the shooter. And he was like, Nah, man. Wrong answer. You're going to get to safety. You're going to get your family to safety or as many other people as you can. And then, and then at that point, once that's done yeah. and there's no more, uh, you know, innocent civilians around at that point, if you feel like you can, at that point, you would try to intervene. Yeah. But if you remember, that was like a big point of contention because there was all these tough guys. There was a lot of cops in there and, you know, people from Wilford different backgrounds. know it all. Yeah, uh, Wilford, uh, he definitely, he was expert on all things, um, even if he wasn't. But, I mean, that's just one of those things. I, I think it's part guy. of the point that you're trying to make here is that you're, you know, get yourself out of Dodge first. Yeah. And then you can worry about all the rest of it after the fact. Absolutely. That's absolutely Ad- right. Adapt to your surroundings, your situation, form a plan, execute it. And get out of there. 
In that in that scenario, yes, you get in both scenarios. You're getting out of there. I should probably take the thin blue line sticker off my uh, my my vehicle probably if I'm going to get some BLM masks. <laughs> probably not a bad idea, right? <laughs> might now. contradict. You know, might just keep you from getting your tires. But I don't right know. Now. I mean, it kind of goes back. True. Like yeah. it, it, it does go back to like it, it, you got to draw your own lines and you got to decide: Do I want to cower from this, or do I want to stand up to it? You know, it's a hard decision to make. I'm not saying what's right or wrong. Like in regards to taking the sticker off your car, you decide. I mean, more power to you. Well, it's still um, on there, so there you go. All right, let's do Voda of the Week. Mm-hmm. I'm an ambitious officer. I need to be a part of the 100 Club. That is about as coherent as Joe Biden talking coronavirus. I like that's really the best safer? clip we could find of Voda. There's, I mean, it's, it's what we got. Yeah, 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 we're sticking with it. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. I don't even know. I'm lost. What? What, what was he trying to say? It's worse when you read it, just so you know. Yeah? Yeah. It's pretty bad. What exactly does this mean? Really feel safer under Donald Trump? COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. My brain hurts. <laughs> I've what? said this before. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. I feel bad for that man. And I think all the people that are propping him up should be ashamed of themselves. We we have, we are past the point of anyone thinking there's not something wrong. Really feel safer under Donald Trump? COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. I mean, is this not elder abuse at this point? I mean, that's kind of what I'm. That's kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> Saul Goodman over there. Uh, <laughs> come on, Jimmy, get your class action together. Um, that probably is Micah. You're probably right. You, do you watch Better Call Saul? No. Oh my gosh! You should. It's it is. I think been watching Ozarks. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It's better than Ozarks by far. By far. It's I think it's the best TV show. I would go so far as to say since Mad Men. But Sopranos, then Mad Men, then Better Call Saul. But you say that and you are not watching it in the order it was released. Because it's a prequel to right. Breaking Bad and you haven't seen Breaking Bad. On purpose, because Better Call right. Saul is a prequel. Right. I'm just saying. You're watching it out of order. In in, in real order. But not in the order in which it was released, right? No, I, no. All right. So, Breaking Bad, I've never seen, but Better Call Saul is a prequel. Yes, to Breaking Bad. Yep. So you're like, I'm watching Better Call Saul in order. Sure. Right. Ima- so 
What I'm it's like to you're tell it's like you're telling me, Chris, don't start on Star Wars episode that's four. That's exactly where I was going with this. Or start on episode one. Start on episode four instead. And I'm going, Well, I'll just watch from the beginning so I know Wait, the storyline. Both Star Wars fans? No, I'm not. But I know how I Star Wars people about. think <laughs> I've cracked their code. And so that's that's the point I'm making is that if he's if he's watching Better Call Saul and not seen Breaking Bad and this is like he started with episode one, and he's all Jar Jar Binks is the best, and he hasn't seen any of the rest of them yet. That's what I'm saying. Have you seen Breaking Bad? No. Okay, me neither. All right, well, it's cool hanging out with you guys. I don't really, I, I never had a reason to watch Breaking Bad because it just didn't seem that interesting to me, quite frankly, okay? But then, when Better Call Saul came out, we worked with a gentleman, Dennis, who was like, you should watch Better Call Saul. It's really good. I said, what's it about? He was obsessed. And he told me, and I was like, I'll check it out. And then I got obsessed too. And I was like, whoa, Dennis, you're on to it, man. This is awesome. But then he said, don't touch Breaking Bad till you're done with this. And I remember he made a comment where there's this point where I thought Saul was going to do something. I was like, oh, I couldn't believe he didn't do it. And he goes, oh, yeah, because you haven't seen Breaking Bad. You would know if you'd seen it. Yep. And so then I made an extra effort to know nothing about Breaking Bad because it was going to ruin Better Call Saul for me. Which is why I don't really talk to you about it. Yeah. So I'll watch it. We're on the last season now, right? The next season yes. will be the last season of Better Call Saul, and then I'll move into Breaking Bad. But it better be really, really good because I'm telling you, Better Call Saul is the master, master TV show. Well, what Better Call Saul has done for Breaking Bad's character development will put it, I think, through the roof for you. Okay. All right. I can't wait. Um what I don't know what Joe Biden was trying to say there, so we're just going to leave it at that. Was he trying to say that COVID has killed more people than any other disease in the last hundred years? I, well, he started out bashing Trump. Okay. So he was trying to say, do you feel safer under Trump? Yes. And then his brain melted. Okay. Cool. It happens to old people occasionally. It happens to me all the time. I was going to say. I'm not even that old. But I'm not trying to be president either. Debatable. Just imagine. <laughs> hey. Hey, I see what you did. Imagine that guy negotiating with Putin or any other nefarious world leader. Hey. I mean, guy. Come on, man. Come on, man. Terrifying. Would you rather have, come on, man, or believe me? Nuclear proliferation. You're having a good thing about it. Doesn't make any sense. Which way shoe left? You got spaghetti noodles on a pallet for $10 million. It ain't right. <laughs> <laughs>